Hi, welcome to the Romance Me podcast. This is Erica. And I'm Em. We'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan. Thank you for the sweet and thoughtful letter, card, and gift. Love you. Well, that was a nice one. It can be nice. It made sense. I can also make sense. Can you? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Today we'll be discussing Issued to the Bride, One Marine by Cora Seaton. Two Willows rancher Lena Reed has worked on the family ranch her whole life in spite of her father, the General's, frequent attempts to dictate how business will be conducted. In order to control and protect Lena and her sisters, the General has been sending cherry-picked servicemen to be their husbands. There, that'll fix it. Lena's would-be suitor, Marine Logan Hughes, is trying to avoid imprisonment after a botched knight in shining armor moment by marrying Lena, the daughter assigned to him. Fourth in line to get hitched, Lena is unwilling to kowtow to the general's demands and marry her pre-approved husband. Now it's up to Logan to convince Lena that he's her man and not her father's minion. There will be spoilers beyond this point. We have a content warning for an abusive ex. One of the main characters has a panic attack. The heroine assaults the hero multiple times and mentions of drug trade. Well, unlike... <laughs> so weird, how do you follow that up? <laughs> anyway. Um, Yay! So the book starts with the father, Lena's father, the general. Explain to the best that you can, like, the dad's sort of Machiavellian thing that he's got going on (laughs) i don't i don't (sighs) okay all right right. we'll we'll see how good i do here all right this is the fourth book in the series so we're kind of jumping in mid stroke as it were the story begins with a prologue from the general's perspective the general is a widower his wife is the one who grew up on this ranch but it's technically his now But he's abandoned his daughters ever since his wife died and become buried in his work, I guess, to avoid some sort of guilt or something. We're not sure what. So he's been AWOL from his daughter's lives for, what, like 11 years? Yeah, because their mom died when Lena was 14. I think so. And the oldest was 16, kind of robbed of her childhood and took on a caregiving role. Yeah. (laughs) The daughters do not like to be told what to do. They feel very protective of their ranch and they do feel a sense of ownership over it. It was their mother's property and it's almost like a matrilineal thing. And there's a lot of spirituality surrounding their connection to this ranch as well. So they're very invested and they don't want anyone including their absentee father to tell them what to do well the father doesn't like that and so he's tried multiple things to protect his daughters but also for their own good i guess is it protection? control the ranch yeah and he's sent overseers to run the ranch but the daughters keep managing to run the overseers off And so now he's hatched a brilliant plan where he has misused his role in the military to create his own unique 
interdepartmental corps <laughs> of servicemen from various branches of the military to essentially give them an assignment to marry each of his daughters. Yeah, it's a little confusing. To, quote, protect the daughters and to run the ranch. Yeah, I was a little confused because in the first book, apparently there was a bad overseer and that's why the girls were in danger the first time. And I was like, dude, you're the one sending the overseers. The reason they were in danger was because of you. Because at this point, they're all women. They can do this on their own. They don't need babysitters. Well, according to the general, (laughs) they do. Mm. So the girl's mother, Amelia, had some sort of prescient ability. She's able to see somewhat of the future. To the extent that before she died, she wrote and dated letters to the general that are discussing things that are happening currently. Like she experienced them. And not only that, but now the general has somehow been able to magically pick the exact right man for each daughter. It's a good thing that all the daughters like men. Yes. Also... <laughs> he has briefed each of these soldiers <laughs> on their prospective brides so they're well aware of who they're going to be sent to marry and they're being sent one by one and now we're on book four and it's logan hughes turn to try to wrangle the rascaliest daughter of all lena And everyone seems to think he's going (laughs) to (laughs) fail. But (laughs) the general seems to think that Logan has a good chance over anyone else of, of, fuck, (laughs) controlling his daughter, (laughs) bending his daughter to his will. (laughs) I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Loving his daughter, maybe, if we're being kind. Getting his daughter to love him? Are we being kind? I'm kind of genuinely asking. (laughs) Mm. We have some interesting things happening at this ranch. There's a hedge maze that the mother planted when she was young. At the center of this hedge maze, there's this giant stone that the daughters have this spiritual attachment to. Back at the general's headquarters, they've been trying to fly drones over this hedge maze. Hedge maze? Can I talk? Well, they aren't. Jack is. Yeah. One of the prospective husbands, Book Five's husband, is trying to fly a drone over the hedge maze. He keeps getting blurry pictures back. For some reason, he's unable to get a clear picture of that part of the property in particular. He doesn't like it. No. Meanwhile, Logan has a wonderful routine where every morning he comes in and kisses the photo he has of Lena and calls her baby girl. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, now it's time for him to journey to Montana and marry Lena. Logan is a little conflicted about the whole thing. He joined the military even though... His parents wanted him to be a priest. 
He's the youngest of three brothers. His two older brothers are both priests, and his parents are super Catholic. And he doesn't feel that priestly calling. He wants to be a protector, and so he joined the Marines. But lately, he's been having dreams of St. Michael, which Michael is also his middle name, coming down with a sword. And Logan takes the sword and has this feeling that he knows he needs to protect someone. So we have this sense of prophetic ability almost with Logan, too, I would say. Yeah. Back when Amelia, the general's wife, was alive, she made a promise to the land that the ranch sits on that she would stay with the land if the general will be kept safe. And she never left after that. After she died, her daughters have kind of taken up the mantle of that promise. And so at least one of the daughters is always present on the ranch in order to keep the general safe. Even though the the general doesn't seem to give a shit about them. Yeah. As far as they can tell. <laughs> they care a lot about his oh, safety. Oh, but he chose the right man for them every single time, so clearly he knows them very, very well, despite never actually interacting with them as adults. See, and here I thought it was magic. Or that. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of magic in this book. Yeah. But no, I, I agree with your snide. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't know them. I don't understand. We'll, we'll just call you Snidely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're in Two Willows in Montana at the ranch. It is Joe's wedding day. She is the bride from book three. Lena is pissed off because she has to be girly and she doesn't like to be girly. She's got her nails done and her hair done and her makeup done and she's wearing a pretty she's dress. she's just done with it. And all her brothers-in-law are treating her like she's some fragile little flower. And she hates it. She feels diminished in their eyes. It's bringing up memories of her ex, Scott, who was an abusive ass, who she thought she could trust him and give her heart to him. But he used her and abused her. And now she will never trust another man. Yes, and he also called her baby girl. So it's a triggering phrase for her. Yeah. Ugh. We don't have a whole lot in this book about Scott, but I have the impression that he appeared in earlier books because he was somehow related to the drug lords that are trying to take over the ranch. Mm -hmm. He used her in his nefarious plot. She thought he really cared, but, you know. But she was mistaken. He didn't value her as a person. No. Lena has a big chip on her shoulder. And I don't think it's illogical, honestly. No, it's not. Her dad has always made her feel less than because she's a girl. Yes, whether or not he intended that, that is, I guess, the consequence of his actions or inactions. She has this memory of uh, her cousins who were boys coming to visit. And the second the boys showed up, the daughters were all non-entities. And her dad would go spend all the time with the cousins. Lena was jealous of this and went to go swim in the watering hole with them and stripped off. And her dad made her feel shameful about her body, told her she was going to disgrace the family, and really fucked Lena up. Yep. 
inadvertently, if we're being kind, but who knows? I mean, there's better ways to word it, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, given their ages and everything, I can understand, like, yes, okay, let's not have her go swim naked with her male cousins. Like, it makes sense, but yeah, there were different ways to word it. The thing I don't get is why the general didn't spend time with his daughters to the point that when the cousins came, they wouldn't be jealous. Yeah, who knows? He could have prevented the whole issue by being a good dad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, I'd like to give a special shout out to my dad. Hi, dad. You're amazing. Hi, Arca's dad. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the general. Yes. Who, according to Lena, wished he had sons and... Doesn't think girls can do anything. Yep. At any rate, Lena's got a lot of issues, and they're all coming to the fore during this wedding. And after the wedding, during the reception, is perfect timing for Logan to show up. He knocks on the door to the house, and Lena opens it, sees who it is, and then slams it in his face (laughs) and leaves. And honestly, I don't blame her. (laughs) Logan, when he first shows up, has this cocky, devil-may-care sort of attitude, and it is just not working for him. Not with Lena. No, she is not receptive. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lena's sister, Alice, who will be the heroine in book five, lets him in. She has inherited some sort of prescient ability from her mother, and you get to know this real quick because she tells Logan that she knows He's not, quote, for her. But she also seems a little doubtful that he's going to win Lena. And she tells him he's going to need a lot of faith and a sword. And then she says, I don't know where the sword came in. It just seemed important. Logan's like, all right, I made it inside. Let's go find the target. Yes, his mission. He has to complete his mission within (laughs) the given amount of time. For he's yanked from the mission. He goes into the kitchen where Lena is cleaning up and tries to sweet talk her with, I put in my notes, some flirty machismo. (laughs) And Lena beats him with a wooden spoon and says she will never, never, ever want him and then leaves again. And I think this is the first and only time I was okay with her hitting him. Yeah, I I wasn't okay with it, but yes. I mean, I thought it was like like a brief whack, not like a... You know, but no, I guess you're right. When I think about it and I think about all the abuse that she heaped upon him, it probably wasn't like a, a nice whack. It was probably like, you know, almost breaking those spoons. Yeah, right? I sort of took it to be like, that probably left a mark. <laughs> That's not okay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this is yeah, a no, sign right. of things to come. I mean, the thing is, is I think one of the things that contributed to her reaction other than just him existing and what that meant. <laughs> yes. And his attitude. It was also that he used that phrase, baby girl. But at that moment, and, and she wouldn't have to, in my mind, explain why. Because she doesn't trust him. She doesn't know him. She doesn't owe no, him anything. But I think... I guess except human decency, but, you know... Maybe human decency, <laughs> or maybe just to be, like, to realize... Not violence. And... and 
I'll probably say this again later <laughs> when things escalate. But to like recognize in herself, like, hey, I'm getting angry. Or I'm, you know, like to not have the self-awareness. You know, give herself a time out. Yeah, especially when he, I forget if he calls her that baby girl thing like more than once, but just be like, hey, don't fucking call me yeah. that. Again, you don't yeah, have to. Yeah, he does. She didn't have to explain why. Of course, he, he knows all about Scott and all of that. So, but I'm like, yeah, he knows, but he didn't hear it from her. <laughs> and that's another thing. Yeah. You know, she doesn't tell him. I'm I'm trying to rack my brain. I don't know if at any point in the story she tells him about Scott, which to me is a telling thing. I don't know if we want to get into it now. Well, it also seems like a real abuse of trust that he does know. Yeah. I think that is not anyone else's place to the have told him. The whole thing is an abuse of trust because he's going there because well, yeah. she's like, okay, he's coming here to to replace me in my father's eyes to... To take my land, yep. to which all of that is kind of true, frankly. Yep. And it just, but she doesn't. There's know. a point in the story where she thinks to herself that her father is replacing his yeah, daughter. I don't with think sons. she really knows or appreciates when he explains that whole like knight in shining armor fuck up that got him into this situation to where he's like he he has to go try to marry her to salvage his military career which i'm assuming because i don't think it's ever stated in the book i'm thinking that must mean to get an honorable discharge i think so it's never really explained because the whole well he got transferred to the general's command the general basically protected him from going to like whatever they have for court in the military yeah i know it's it's to save him from quote-unquote getting thrown in the brig per se but yeah, I don't think he explains to her that, hey, I'm here to stay out of prison and hopefully marry you. That wouldn't be fair either, would it? To guilt her into it or no, try to? but I think explaining all of the situation. I don't know when. I mean, not at the beginning because, you know, she hits him. But Yeah, no, there's, there's that scene later that we'll get to where they have a little bit of a heart to heart. And he does talk a little bit about his past. And I think maybe that would have been a good point for him to mention it. But yeah, uh, initially, no. No, no. I don't think he should have. I think they both have things that weigh on them. But there's, there is no, I wouldn't say that there's ever a heart to heart. No, they have like some semblance yes. of it. They, they have the opportunity yes. for it. At any rate, Logan is not used to being told no by women he tends to have no trouble getting a woman which is standard hero operating yeah and he's not really sure why his tricks aren't working why are my moves met with resistance wait wait <laughs> there's that thing i know she uh, had an abusive ex perhaps that explains it or her weird relationship with her <laughs> father maybe that explains it <laughs> i can't turn the snark off i tried it's the next morning and lena has come outside to confront all the men that she sees as taking over her ranch so basically in each book one of the sisters has gotten married now including logan there are four men who have been encroaching on her territory and the husbands of the sisters, her brothers-in-law, 
have been taking over the jobs and how things should be run. And I have the feeling that the sisters, like each respective sister used to have like a job that now their husband does. Because Logan has experience with working with cattle and that's kind of Lena's thing. So it's like Logan's meant to take over Lena's job. Yes. Essentially. Lena has a lot of feelings about this. She feels intense ownership of the ranch. She's the one who's been keeping it running and figuring out how to make things go the way they're supposed to go. Each time a new man shows up and marries one of her sisters, she feels like a little bit of her control is slipping away because they're at the behest of the general, her father. He's the one who technically owns the ranch and she doesn't really know what she can do about it. And she hates this because she doesn't begrudge her sisters their happiness. She can tell these men genuinely do love her sisters and they are genuinely good for her sisters. She just hates what's happening as far as like her new normal is. And so she's come outside with all these feels and let them know, hey, this is not okay. The guys all seem a little confused because they're just trying to help. But Logan has the bright idea to make all the men leave with him. Well, she said to leave, let's go. And then he has a little meeting with the men where he explains that they need to stop forcing the issue and let Lena feel like she has some control because he can see like this desperation in Lena's eyes when she's confronting them. And he's thinking, you know, she is going to snap if we don't (laughs) give her some leeway. (laughs) And, you know, at first I was Mm. like, good boy. You know, let her have control. But he doesn't say let her have control. He says, let her feel like she has control. Yeah. And then there was that whole, like, let's learn her weaknesses. And I'm like, fuck you all. (laughs) (laughs) It just makes it way more calculating, which is probably why I have an issue with it. It, Well, his, his idea, honestly, no, I don't think is that bad. I mean, the way you worded it sounds bad, but his idea is... Let's let Lena take the lead, do her stuff the way she wants to, and observe. And we'll find out where she has weaknesses that we could potentially step in and help. I think when you are new to a job, especially in a prospective managerial role, that is the perfect thing to do. Sit and observe. See what might need to be fixed. And just because they've run ranches in other places doesn't mean they will know everything about running a ranch in Montana. Right. And all the men agree that Lena does a good job. Like she seems to know what she's doing anyways. They're just taking over because the general expects them to. They're just trying to be good soldiers, even though not all of them are soldiers. But they're trying to be good soldiers, but they're also trying to be good, quote unquote, men and do the man work. That's a big part of this story. I, I would say a big theme is men's work versus women's work because Lena does not like the traditional feminine role (laughs) due to her history with her father. I don't think it's that she doesn't like being feminine at all. It's just that she's associated everything feminine with bad due to the disgust of her father. So she wants to be just like a man and she hates the fact that she's small and weaker than men 
She doesn't have the superior upper body strength or whatever. Yeah. Do you feel like Lena is going to be one of those feral housewives? You know, like the domesticated (laughs) housewife versus the feral. I feel like she'd be a feral housewife. (laughs) Oh, I don't think she's going to be a housewife. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if Logan's a house husband. I guess we'll have to read book five to find out. (laughs) You know, ten years down the line. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) So the men have this wonderful plan. They're going to act like Lena's hired hands. And Logan is going to pitch this idea to Lena. Meanwhile, as the men are plotting, (laughs) Lena is working the ranch by herself and reminiscing about her shitty dad. Yeah. She has that memory about the cousins. Here's a quote. Boys could do whatever they wanted. Girls couldn't. Not unless they fought and fought and fought for that right. And that, I think, is Lena's life story right there. (laughs) And like we said, she is seeing these men that her dad keeps sending as actual replacements for each daughter. It's not a pleasant thought. (laughs) She can't trust these men. Even though her brothers-in-law, she knows, love, love her sisters. She still feels like, well, they're ultimately loyal to the dad. Yeah. So while she's working and thinking these thoughts, Logan shows up waving a white flag of truce. Tells her that the men want to be treated like her hired hands. And she's like, what? So you want to get paid too? And he's all like, I guess. And then he steals a kiss from her before leaving. And that just kind of grossed me out. Like, okay. You have this extremely hostile woman, all right? She's beat you with a wooden spoon. She's obviously not happy you're here. She knows why you're here. She's mad about everything. That's the perfect time to lean in and kiss her. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And as he fucks off, he's all happy with himself. Like, ooh, I kissed her. I liked how that was. I want to be Lena's man. He has a bit of an ulterior motive because not only will he have this home on the ranch, but he's also going to not have to deal with his parents pressuring him to be a priest anymore once he gets married. And not go to prison. Not only that, but he feels like protective toward Lena. And he's thinking, well, maybe that's what my dream is about. Maybe I'm meant to protect Lena. Everything makes sense now. It's great. After lunchtime, Lena's created this list of chores for all the, quote, hired hands to do. And they all work their butts off all day and they do a good job. And Lena checks all her items off her list. Logan steals another kiss. And now, (laughs) Lena uses avoid, but it is not effective. (laughs) Logan catches her mucking out her horse's stall and takes over. And she doesn't like this. She hits him, ready to fight him. And he catches her hand and holds it. So he's much stronger than her. And he tells her he doesn't want their relationship to be violent. And she says, quote, So this is the point where you overpower me with your super strength and show me who's the man. And then he replies, I'm definitely the man and you're the woman. And that doesn't mean anything about our relative positions in life. But it does make things awfully interesting. And in his mind, he's trying to defuse the situation. But as he's holding her hand and preventing her from hitting him, he realizes she's looking a little freaked out and lets her go and leaves. And he's a little thoughtful about this. 
Lena continues to use a void. <laughs> After Logan left her, she had a bit of a panic, anxiety attack moment. I don't know. It was not a good no. point. When Logan was holding her still, his strength freaked her out and made her think of Scott. And it kind of brought back all that trauma. So potentially mm -hmm. some PTSD. She decides she's going to nope out a dinner and drive to town. And when she's in town, she goes to her local haunt and plays pool. And she's a good pool player and she kind of hustles <laughs> a bit. And while she's playing, this shady group of three dudes come in. It's an older man and then two younger dudes who are twins. And the twins, who are named Ray and Harley, challenge her to pool. And while they're playing, ask her about her ranch and her amazing horse. Apparently they have a horse breeding operation. They're interested in her horse. Their uncle is watching from the bar. It's really creepy. Lena can't quite put her finger on it, but she kind of feels pressured to play because they're, what are you chicken? Oh, you must not be very good or whatever, you know? And she constantly feels like she has something to prove yeah. if a man is challenging her. Logan didn't like that Lena avoided dinner with the family <laughs> and has been looking for her. One of her sisters sells her out and tells him where she went. And then Logan goes to the same bar and challenges Lena to a game, which makes the twins back off and leave. And Lena's like, oh, good. Well, let's just go. And Logan's like, no, I really wanted to play with you. And he makes a bet where if she misses the next shot at the pool table, she owes him a dance. But if she makes it, they'll go home. And she misses the shot because she's all unsettled by everything. And so dances with him. She has a lot of conflicted feelings during this dance. Logan has had the brilliant idea that instead of, quote, playful intimidation, unquote, he should try romancing her, given her abusive history with Scott. <laughs> and so this dance, I guess, is his attempt at romance, even though he playfully intimidated her into it. Yeah. I didn't like the use of playful intimidation. I did not like that at all. Yeah. That it, was gross. It didn't particularly make me happy either. It, isn't that bullying? I mean, it's either teasing, which is playful, or it's intimidation, which is bullying. It's not playful intimidation. Like, yeah, no, that doesn't. It's a bit that, of an oxymoron. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While they're dancing, Lena tells him about Jed, who was the old overseer who ended up retiring. And he is the, I would say, one good man in her life. Yeah, he retired like a couple years before their mother died. Yeah, he's the only man who's treated her like a capable person and not a girl. Not yes. just a girl. Ugh. A couple days have passed. This is kind of the normal now. The men are being hired hands. Lena is avoiding. Logan is stealing kisses when he can, which is just a whole nother thing. Boundaries. Thank you. What boundaries? <laughs> There's another drone trying to fly over the maze, and Alice uses her fancy mind powers to prevent it from reaching the center. Like she's erected some sort of telekinetic shield around the center of the maze now. In a prior book, the stable burned down, and they're rebuilding it in this book, and the wood for the replacement stable has arrived. 
and all the men pitch in to help Lena unload, and she has mixed feelings about this, because on one hand, yay, help! On the other hand, intruder! Yeah. Interlopers! Bad! And again, she's thinking about how they're taking over her ranch, and while she's happy that her sisters found love, she's mad that they're there at all, and she blames her dad, the general, for dividing the sisters' relationships by sending husbands. She decides she's going to take a chill pill and go for a ride on her stallion Atlas. And as she's riding away, she has this thought that horses are better than men. They never let you down. While Lena's gone, the guys are having a team meeting to talk about <laughs> Logan's lack of progress. Connor, one of the brothers-in-law, suggests that instead of always trying to help Lena, Logan should ask for her help and let her take charge and help him. And Logan feels like this isn't manly, but he's going to try it anyway. <sighs> Don't be vulnerable with the woman. That's How terrible. Dare. Don't let her see that you have vulnerabilities and soft spots. Yeah. He plans to go look for Lena and Alice knows that he's going to do this and has set up a picnic basket for him to take along while he goes to look for Lena. And while he's walking along, trying to find her, He's thinking of possible problems he could ask her to help solve. And the only thing he can really come up with is his family issues. And he's like, that's a little close to home, but I can't think of anything else. And he eventually finds Lena and somehow convinces her to have a picnic with him. It's probably because she's starved. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how it works. I imagine Alice probably yay. put in like her favorite foods or something. She won't turn this down. <laughs> Which is just so funny if it's Alice doing Dude. it. Because you know the next book is going to be like, she doesn't want to get married either. But she'll send her sister right. down the river. <laughs> it's meant to be. The side story with Alice in this book was really troubling to me because she has these mind powers, right? And she can see the future, but she can't see her future very well. And the closer her future is coming, a.k.a. her husband to be, she sees less and less. And it's freaking her out. And she's kind of on the edge of a nervous breakdown this whole book because the drone keeps showing up and she hates this drone and she hates that she can't see anything and she feels like all out of sorts. And it I don't know. I felt bad for her in this book. Yeah, no, it is troubling. It's, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but it's like, is the reason that she can't see the future is because she doesn't have any choices? <laughs> Who the hell knows? I mean, I understand, <laughs> like, it's a it's a convenient device for the writer, because then she doesn't, the writer doesn't have to commit to any sort of yeah. future. And, and according to the text, she can't see her own future. So as events that involve her specifically get closer, she can't see that. And apparently this book five is going to be quite eventful for her. So she has a lot of things she can't see now. Logan and Lena are having a picnic. He decides to be vulnerable. And he tells her about the recurring dream he has about St. Michael. And then he divulges how he got in trouble in the Marines because he overheard what he thought was a domestic dispute where... The wife of a major was being abused and he ran inside and punched the major 
but it turned out it was just a verbal argument and he got in a lot of trouble for punching the major and that's how he got reassigned to the general and then he ends up asking her what he should do to convince his parents that he does not want to be a priest lena thinks about what her mom would have said she was really close with her mom and really misses her mom she asks logan what his goals are and logan's goals are to settle down and marry her well at least he's honest Lena is surprised that he actually admitted the general's plan, but then her mother's advice in her head is that she she thinks that her mother would tell Logan to keep trying to achieve those goals. She thinks her mother would be on board with this, but she doesn't tell Logan. She says instead that he should give the women of the world a break and go be a priest. <laughs> And then she tells Logan that she's figured out how the general convinces the guys to come and marry the daughters. And Logan inadvertently confirms that her dad has picked out a guy for each daughter. But she's really not sure how the general keeps managing to pick the right guys. Like, how did he end up finding these guys that actually fall in love with the daughters and the daughters fall in love with them? It's a miracle. And it actually works out. Lena asks Logan, like, why would you even want to marry me? And Logan is like, renumerating how awesome she is and whatnot but then he realizes that you know if they had met naturally he probably would have fallen for her anyways see do you think this is the moment that he should have brought like brought up the whole hey if i marry you i don't go to prison yeah this is the (laughs) heart to heart that i alluded to earlier or the heart to heart attempt (laughs) yeah i mean he's opening up about everything else why wouldn't he He says, though, that he thinks it's strange that the man who's trying to get them together is the one that's keeping them apart because he's starting to get it now. He's starting to understand how (laughs) Lena feels about her dad. And essentially, that's the stumbling block from this point forward in the story, because Lena likes Logan in spite of everything. She likes him, but she does not want to do what her dad wants her to do. When they get home, the drone is back. Like I said, Alice is freaking out about it, and she asks Lena to shoot it down, and Lena does. And then Lena and all the men start to build the stable. And it's going all right. She's feeling pretty good about it, honestly. Like, the guys have been letting her take the lead and be in charge, and she's starting to feel less pressure, I guess. She's also feeling included. Like, yes, yeah, it's, I, it's in a position of authority, but she's starting to feel like one of the group and that her contributions, you know, carry some weight and are being just ignored. Yeah, I think before Logan showed up, the guys were telling her, oh, no, we'll handle everything. You don't have to do it anymore. And Lena's like, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, and you're not taking into consideration that she wants to do it. <laughs> Why would she want to do that, Em? She's exactly. a woman. <laughs> None of the other women want to. That's fine. Do what you want to do. I mean, I don't particularly want to <laughs> deal with cattle, but that's me. Like, Yeah, the whole point is that she should be able to do what she wants exactly. to do. Whether it's build the stable or not build the stable. Yes. Either one is fine. Do laundry. As do- long as it's her choice. I was going to say do cattle, but that's not right. Um... <laughs> if you want to be a homemaker that's great as long as it's your choice and you want to 
if you want to work and do, you know, manual labor for a job, that's great. As long as it's what you want. Yes. That's what these men are not respecting. Yes. So she goes to get the guys some water. And when she comes back, she sees a truck leaving. And she's like, who was that? And Logan's like, oh, those were the twins from the bar. They wanted to see your horse, but I sent them away because I could tell from the other night you didn't want them around. She is not happy with this because he made a decision for her Mm -hmm. without her input. That's basically what she's saying. How dare he? They argue. Logan says that he feels he has the right to send away people if it's to protect her because that's his job. And Lena (sighs) feels... That he needs to ask permission because it's her life, her land, and her business. And up to this point, I was on Lena's side. Yep. Hell yeah, you go, girl. Me too. And then she picks up a fucking crowbar yep. and starts swinging it at him. <sighs> and he blocks it with the shovel. Because he's defending himself. Because crowbar. Because he doesn't want to be hit over the head with a crowbar. Which is understandable. I don't think most people want to get hit over the head with a crowbar. And the crowbar bounces up off the handle of the shovel and bops Lena in the head. Payback's a bitch, Lena. Lena is taken to the hospital, but Logan is not allowed to go. Lena doesn't want to see him. He has to stay at the ranch. Yeah, the sisters overrule him. (laughs) He's really upset about this because he wants to be there with her to take care of her. And he feels bad about injuring her even though it wasn't on purpose and he calls his brother anthony one of the priests for advice but anthony is not helpful at all anthony's like call our mom you haven't called mom enough call mom call mom now call mom it made me think that the mom was dying or something yeah (laughs) i was like "Uh (laughs) uh-oh but no there was so many times like every time he talks to anthony it's like Yeah, you should be a priest and also call mom. Yeah. It's like, thanks, Anthony. Why is he calling Anthony? Anthony sucks at this point. (laughs) Anthony doesn't seem like he's too helpful. No, he's got his head up his butt. Or in the clouds. (laughs) Yeah. Alice tells Logan that he should go to the center of the maze and ask the stone for advice. Because that's what they do in their family. They go into the center of the maze and they lay a hand on the stone and they ask the stone a question and they get answers. To be fair, Anthony wasn't too helpful. He might as well go talk to a stone. (laughs) Right. Alice is like, well, this rock is better than your brother. (laughs) Go try that. (laughs) And she's right. It is. (laughs) At this point, it's night. He's asking the stone... If he should be a priest. That really wasn't what he meant to ask, but it's kind of what he's been thinking about because he's thinking to himself that he's not going to succeed in his mission here. Lena is not going to accept him. And while he's having his communion with the stone, Lena shows up. She's fucked off from the hospital and come into the middle of the maze to have some alone time. I guess to commune with the stone. I don't know. Maybe Alice sent her there too, knowing that they would reunite. (laughs) Great. Logan is surprised that she's there and she's like, why the hell are you here? 
and they sort of kind of not really apologize to each other. And then Logan decides that the answer to his question of the stone was that Lita showed up. So there's his answer. He shouldn't be a priest. He should continue to press his suit. And he kisses her. And this time it's actually good. Like she actually likes it. And it's kind of hot. Something different for them. They're, they're both consenting. Yay. Yay. The next day they all work on the stable again. And Logan has decided he's going to build Lena a secret reading hideaway. Earlier, he's discovered that she has this secret little hideaway up in the loft of the barn with Revolutionary War era or replica weapons like swords and guns and stuff. And books. Yeah, and books. And Lena's really into that era of history. And she likes to go up there and be by herself and read and picture herself as a revolutionary spy and whatnot. And it's her escape. And he wants to build her uh, another escape that she could go to that would be more comfortable than the Yeah, I think the when they're in that attic and they're talking about stuff and she's opening up as much as she opens up, I think she also mentions that she wanted to join the military. But yeah, she didn't. She, she chose the ranch. Yep. And possibly when... I don't think she says this, but you can infer like so that she can... A, be on the ranch and help out her family, but also so that she can stay there to protect her father because of that belief system that as long as they stay on the ranch, the general will be safe. I thought it was so she could prove herself as worthy to her father. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, she may have understood that even if she joined the military, it still wouldn't prove it to him. Yeah. Meaning she gave up a a life's ambition because she knew it ultimately wasn't going to make him approve of her. Which is sad. So sad. Her dad has been inadvertently controlling her entire life this whole time anyways. Mm-hmm. Even not on purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is sad. It Lena's story is so it sad. Is and so sad. I feel for her in so many ways. I just can't get behind the violence. Yeah, no. But the feeling of inadequacy that she gets from her dad, the feeling of betrayal that she gets from her dad. She is so, so, so impacted. I wonder, I haven't read the other books yet, but I wonder if she's like more impacted than the other daughters. It kind of seemed like maybe she was, but I don't know. Yeah, I started reading one of the the earlier books and I haven't finished it, but she does seem more keenly affected than... The other daughter that I was reading about. She wants to be someone that her dad is proud of. And she just doesn't believe that anything she could possibly do would make him proud. It may be different in the other book. Like I haven't read far enough to where the what I'm saying will prove false. Which is what you've been saying. Which is her her identity is so tied up in getting her dad's approval. Mm-hmm. Or not getting her, her dad's approval. Yeah, she's angry. She's so angry. More than than the other sister that I was reading, whose identity was more tied up in their mother and mother's line and tied to the land and all of that. I guess they probably each have a unique hang up, I would imagine. Probably. At any rate, winter is coming. Um, okay, I'll grab my coat. <laughs> <laughs> 
and they're worried because the stable might not be done in time. Oh no. They want the stable to be completely done before it snows so that they can get the horses back at the ranch. Right now the horses are being stabled off-site. Her oldest sister, Cass, decides she's going to ask for help from the community to help build the stable, like a barn raising sort of thing. In spite of Lena's doubts, a bunch of people show up. Lena really shines at organizing everyone and leading and heading the project. She's kicking ass. And Logan is super into that, by the way. He is like, that is amazing. She's amazing. Then the twins from earlier, Ray and Harley, show up. And Logan, in spite of his misgivings, lets them stay and help out. And while Lena and I think at least one of the twins and some other people are up on top of one of the walls as they're building the stable, Harley drops a hammer and it causes the wall to wobble or something and Lena falls off and Logan manages to catch her. Everyone takes a break for lunch. Lena is embarrassed because she sees this as a failing in her because She wasn't able to be Superman and stay on the wall. (laughs) This just proves her dad right. And in another way, too, like it reinforces Logan's decision to keep those guys away. Right. That's that's a good point. Yeah. Which is irritating. She slinks off to her hiding spot in the barn to lick her wounds. And Logan follows her and they end up kissing in the loft. And while they're up there... They hear someone come into the barn, but when they go to look, they don't see who it was. They didn't, that person didn't stick around. So do you think like after the whole wall fall and all of that, and she then starts thinking of herself, yes, I am the weak woman. It's more like after that point, she starts to let Logan in more. Like she acknowledges, yes, I am weak. I do need the big, strong man. Okay, I can see where you are coming from, but I think the way I read it was more like she expected Logan to rub Mm -hmm. it in her Mm -hmm. face, and he didn't. He encouraged her and told her that she was amazing and kicking butt. He bolstered her. Yeah, he lifted her up. And so he did the opposite of what she expected. Yes. What she assumed, or what men in her life prior to that probably were doing to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it was so much, I might as well let a man take over. I think it was more like, maybe I am good enough. This man seems to think I am. And while (laughs) you shouldn't necessarily get your validation (laughs) from that, I'm happy she's feeling validated. validation. To Logan's credit, he does lift her up. He does. At almost every opportunity. He does. Every time she shines, he's like... You're amazing. You're so awesome. I think there's several times he tells her he's proud of her. He does a good job. That That is an aspect of the story that I appreciated for our hero, for sure. Yes, me too. All right, days have passed. Logan still isn't sure where he's going to build the secret reading hideaway. And he eventually caves and asks the sister, Cass, for help. And she suggests the attic. She's like, it's fine. You can set it up, put a lock on the door. It can just be Lena's special room that no one else goes into. And Logan is super excited about it. Now it's roofing day for the stable. They have a bunch of people planning to show up again. And now there's a time crunch because it's set to storm that night. So everyone gets up early to try to get it done. 
This is the point of the story where I'm like, why aren't the sisters helping too? Well, there's the men to if do it. If it's that much of a fucking deal. I just, I didn't. Well, they, they help by making the food and bringing the warm, warm drinks and whatnot. Yeah, not to diminish their contribution whatsoever. And again, you know, girl power, if you want to do it, then go you. But Lena is the only woman doing the labor on the stable. Yeah. I don't get it. There is literally not a single other woman in this book's universe <laughs> that also enjoys carpentry or also wants to help build the stable. Yeah, you'd think that if, if it's an investment on their property, at least one of the other sisters would help out. I don't get that at all. I could see one of the sisters doing the food and whatnot, or maybe two of them. But why aren't the other ones working on the stable? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I was kind of peeved about it, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you got this time crunch. You want to build the stable so you can have the horses back. One of the sisters there is all about the horses. Why isn't she working on the stable? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's because she's getting fucked by a man now. She doesn't need a stable. Yep, maybe. They'll send their proxy, a.k.a. their husband. It bothered me. Yeah, it bothered me too. It's a major theme in this book, the whole men's work versus women's work, yeah. right? Men's place in society versus women's place in society. Ultimately, I think it's a story about Lena making her own place. But I'm not happy with the friction in this story. I don't feel like it gets resolved. Maybe it gets resolved in the fifth book. I don't know. The friction between the men and the women or whatnot. And I'm, I'm not meaning to leave out the NBs. I just, you know, they're not present in this book. I'm sorry. But this is a very gender-focused book. Gender role-focused book. Maybe that's part of an aspect of the story is it doesn't get resolved because society hasn't resolved those things. That's fair. Sure. It is something that really troubled me with this book, though. Like, every time I started to get into the story gender conformity would raise its ugly head and I'd be like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so feisty. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I kind of wonder like what the author's take is on it. And I don't want to put words or points of view in the author's mouth, but she comes dangerously close to talking about how Lena wishes she were a man and whatnot. And you're just going like, what? In today's climate, I don't know. Yeah. It just felt weird. Yeah, no, I, I'm i glad you picked up on that too. Like there is that, that notion that gets floated around that, that penis envy notion. Yeah. And it's just like, is that what Lena is supposed to be grappling with? I, I don't know. I think ultimately Lena's issue is that she wants to be accepted and loved oh, totally. by her father. And she thinks her father won't accept and love a daughter. Yeah. So in that sense, she wants to be a son. Plus, she genuinely enjoys doing quote unquote man's work. Yeah, and there's nothing. Yeah, I I don't think I, I feel like it's expressed awkwardly in the text, yeah, I guess. Me too. I think I get what the author is trying to say, I think. But it just, like I say, with today's changing views on on gender and gender expression what even the fuck is gender, right? Exactly. And <laughs> it just feels so clumsy to me in this book. Like we're being bashed over the head with the men versus women thing. And it just, oh, I don't it's know. It's often awkward. 
not necessarily in this story specifically, but in lots of stories where you try to have a heroine in a position of power and how that changes the dynamic in a romance. And some authors handle that better than others. Most of the ones that I've read, and granted there haven't been that many, have an awkward time of it. I'm going to go on a tangent. There's a book I read not that long ago. It's a sci-fi romance. And the heroine is a captain like of a uh-huh. ship. And her crew are all men. And they all treat her with the respect she is due as their captain. She is a captain. She is not a woman. Right. right? Well, I mean, she is a woman, but she's not to them. She's their captain. And she meets an alien who likes that about her. Like, he sees that she leads men, and he has never seen that before in his worldview whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And he is into that. Like, the fact that she is a boss in her own right. Mm -hmm. And this woman is amazing. She is a woman, and she is a captain, and she is a boss, and she is a leader. And she kicks ass. Nice. And then you can compare that sort of heroine to this story. And I just made me feel even more badly mm. for Lena because Lena wants to be that yeah. woman. She wants to be a woman and she wants to be a leader and she wants to be respected and she wants to be in charge and she doesn't want to be looked at as, quote, just a woman. She wants to be looked at as a capable human being. Yep. And she just does not get that. Nope. For the majority of her life yeah. and from the majority of people that she knows. Yeah. It's just really sad. Oh, yeah. No, it's totally sad. Dude, maybe I should wreck that book instead this time. Maybe. You, since you've talked about it. It's a fucking good book. I really love that character. Okay, so it's roofing hey, day. roofing day. The twins have shown up again to help. Ray seems mad. Harley seems to be kind of sticking close by Lena. And that's making Logan feel jealous. And Logan tries to act like he has some sort of claim on Lena, which is just total bullshit at this point in the story. Yeah. Like he's walking over and like putting his arm around her and shit. And it's like, (laughs) dude, back the fuck off. (laughs) Okay, she kissed you back once. Go away. (laughs) So they're all on the roof trying to build the roof. It's snowing and it's fucking dangerous to be up there because it's slippery. Someone drops a tool and it starts to slide off the roof and Lena reaches to grab it, but then she starts to slide off the roof. And then Logan manages to grab her before she falls 20 feet to the ground. He saves her life. They manage to get down to the ground safely. And in my notes, I have Lena is embarrassed because she is a weak woman. (laughs) But that's essentially what it is, right? I have it in all caps, too. (laughs) It's moments like that where the writer could have made, like, some other character fall. Dude! Seriously. Where it doesn't, it's not just her. But in lots of stories, it's like that. It's not just Seton. Yeah, I know. It's one of those, like, you could show the lack of genderness in oops and gravity, but lots of writers don't. Yeah, it's dangerous for mm-hmm. everyone. Yes, ma'am. So everyone's on the ground now. The twins are arguing and fighting with each other. And Connor, the brother-in-law, says that Harley dropped the tool, but Harley denies it and starts to say it was someone else. But then the twin, Ray, interrupts him and it just seems really shady. Lena is kind of in shock because she almost died. And Logan carries her inside into her room. She's freezing cold. So he starts stripping her down for bed in a clinical way. Okay, he's worried about her safety, her body temperature and whatnot. 
Yeah, but even at some point, she's like, uh, stop. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. cool. Luckily, the sister Cass shows up and takes over and tucks Lena in. But Logan promptly ignores that boundary and strips down to his undies and gets in with Lena to keep her warm. Uh-huh. Because of course he does. Uh-huh. It's romantic. And this is the point where he acknowledges to himself that he's actually developing feelings for her. He might possibly love her now. Good for him. <laughs> All right, in the morning, Lena wakes up and Logan is in bed, spooning her. He cuddles her and kisses her and tells her that she was amazing yesterday. And I think this is another point where he tries to lift her up. It was either this morning or the night before where he tells her, you know, anyone could have slipped off the roof. Yeah, I mean, you can take a nameless character. We don't have to be attached to them. Yes, literally anyone could have slipped off the roof. Yeah. Author. Or even one of the her brothers-in-law. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Oh, that would have been good. Not the hero, of course, because he's still got jobs to do. But like, yeah. Yeah. It's fine. They're cuddling in bed. Lena is also realizing that she is developing the feels, but she is in super denial because she does not want to be vulnerable with another man after Scott. Because she still has things to work through. Like a lot of them. However, she's horny, so she initiates sex. Sometimes the body has needs. She tells him she's not going to marry him. <laughs> she's like, I'm not going to marry you. But then she grabs his dick. Okay, Lena. Yeah. Whatever. Mixed signals, girl. Mixed signals. They end up having sex in bed, and then they take a shower together and have sex, and then they go back to bed and have sex, and it's just amazing. And Logan somehow talks her into taking the day off a bit. Or at least the morning. And he brings her breakfast in bed. Later that day, Logan goes to the hardware store. Because he's working on Lena's hideaway. And he needs to pick up some supplies. And while he's there, he sees the twins and their uncle. And overhears a suspicious conversation. Duh. The uncle says, quote, That's why it takes time. We have to find out what's important. What's worth money so we can get it secured. Then we can burn the rest. And Logan thinks... Maybe they're cleaning out a house or a shed or something. And then he kind of asks around, like, did they buy any property? But nope, no one's heard about them moving in. So. I mean, he does know the huh. danger. I mean, that's why he's sent there. That's part of his mission. <laughs> huh. While Logan is out shopping, Lena and Cass have a chat about Logan. Lena has a lot of doubts, but she also knows that even though the general sent them, her brothers-in-law do truly love her sisters, and it really does seem like even though the general sent him, Logan really wants to be with her too. And Cass says that if Lena wants to be with Logan, she shouldn't let the way that he got there get in her way. Don't let the general prevent you from having happiness if you think you can be happy with Logan. What do you think of this advice? I mean, it's better than open your legs and fuck him and everything will be good, which is the advice we get in this a lot true. of books. This is true. It's very true. I think that Cass is right. Yeah. I, I think she's at the heart of the issue because Lena doesn't want to do what the general wants her to do. And that's why she's resisting so much, even though she is attracted to Logan and likes him. And might feel more. What did you think? No, I agree with you. I think I was thinking kind of along the same lines. Which is, it's good advice in general. Like, she shouldn't deny herself the things that she wants. Just 
because of the general. That's just as problematic and wrong as doing things because the general tells her to. Yeah. And not asserting her own wants. So both sides of that coin are problematic. Yeah, I mean, Cass doesn't word it this way, but I think ultimately what she's trying to say is, pretend the general doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Yes, and we already know that Lena has denied herself things that she's wanted. Yeah, Mm -hmm. her whole life. So she shouldn't do that because it's not going to make the general any happier or, what, return him into their loving embrace? He's doing what he wants. Why shouldn't she do what she wants? Yeah, she's an adult. Yep. When Logan comes home, Lena is acting mad or angry with him because she's still feeling vulnerable from this conversation she had with Cass earlier. And she tells Logan that she's not in love with him and she won't fall for him, (laughs) which is blatantly untrue. But it hurts Logan's feelings, even though he gets it. You know, he understands, I think, a lot better at this point in the story where she's coming from. He understands the whole deal with the general. He's trying to defuse the situation and Lena brandishes a rank (sighs) at him. And she says, quote, The issue is, everyone thinks my marrying you is a done deal. They think it'd be good for me. And Logan replies that no, he is the one it would be good for. But the general still is standing in the way, and he asks her why she hates the general, and she says, because he hates me. And also, he wanted a son. And Logan tells her how amazing she is, and Lena lets him comfort her. So I think he handled it well. I wasn't proud at her with the, no. about the rake, though. But at least they had yes. the conversation. Lena's starting to think, you know, maybe I could trust Logan. Maybe I can be vulnerable with Logan. Maybe it's okay. But Logan keeps going out of town on secret errands, and she's like, I don't know. What's up with that? <laughs> Something is being hidden, and she doesn't like it. She's worried it's this drug dealer problem that they've had in previous books. And she's worried that the men are keeping things from her. Logan is close to finishing up the hideaway, and he and Cass conspire to get Lena out of the house so he can do the finishing touches. Lena ends up going to spend the day somewhere else, but she blows that off early and eats lunch and down alone. And while she's eating, she's approached by... Santa? (laughs) You haven't done that in a while. I know. You caught me (laughs) off guard that time. That's good. (laughs) No, she's approached by those twins and their uncle. And the uncle offers her a job to be an overseer for their breeding operation. And Harley, one of the twins, the one who's been kind of being close with her, urges her to say yes. And Ray says if she's smart, she'll say yes. Which doesn't sound suspicious at all. And she turns them down and they leave. But it gets her wheels turning because she's thinking, you know, maybe I should go live my own life. Mm-hmm. And she goes back to the maze and she asks the stone if she should leave the ranch. And then she sees Logan, who came to find her. That's her answer. She realizes Logan loves her and she loves him back. And she comes to this great epiphany where she realizes the general is the one that didn't measure up, not mm-hmm. Lena. I really liked yes. that for her. I liked that she realized that the general is the one who is falling short. In this situation. Yeah, me too. She tells Logan she's saying yes to him. And he gets right on that. And he proposes. (laughs) (laughs) And she accepts. And then they have sex. In the middle of the maze. They the first ones. I'm just guessing. (laughs) I didn't think so. 
<laughs> I suspect all the couples have sex the in front Stones of that stone. The Stones have seen a lot. <laughs> they go inside and he shows her the secret attic hideaway. And she realizes that's what he's been keeping from her. And, you know, that kind of vindicates him a bit. All the more reason to trust him. The next day they go ring shopping. It's wonderful. On their way back to the truck, the twins and the uncle show up again. They see that she's engaged because now she's wearing a ring. She has an owner now, Em. Lucky her. (laughs) Harley is not happy to find out she's engaged. And none of them are happy that she's turned down the job offer. Even though she turned them down last night, she didn't have an owner last night. (laughs) Now it means something when she turns down the job offer. (laughs) That pissed me the fuck off. I'm sure it did. (laughs) Fuck you, Harley and Ray and Uncle. (laughs) She can turn down a job offer on her own. She don't need no man to back her up. I agree, but they feel differently. And Harley's, like, all butthurt about it, too. He's all, oh, we were going to be together, though, Lena. It's like, fuck you, Harley. Oh, Harley. Delusional, delusional Harley. Yeah, seriously. Lena decides they're not going to break with tradition, and they plan to get married within the month, like the other sisters. Yeah, I think it's on a timeline, so they have to get it done before time's up or something. It's not just, oh, like, the promise okay. of. It's like a deadline. Great. Yeah. Of course it is. They can't live in sin indefinitely. Logan calls his brother Anthony to tell him and ends up asking him to be his best man. And Anthony ends up being supportive and happy for Logan and even admits that he had his head up his ass earlier. And then Logan finally calls his mom. And guess what? (laughs) There's nothing wrong with his mom. His mom just missed him. That's not funny, but I'm laughing. I'm an awkward (laughs) laugher. His parents are super happy that he's getting married, and they agree to come to the wedding. While Logan is sharing the news, Lena also decides to call her parent, the general, with a video call, of course, for extra awkwardness. Lay it on there. (laughs) She asks him to come to the wedding, and he actually looks like he wants to come. Like, she's not sure how to interpret it, but what he says is that he can't come even though he really wants to. But he's proud of her. You conformed. I'm so happy. Yeah, that's how I took it. And I think that's how Lena took it, too. Because she ended the call right then. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I think the way he responds to her initially, it's like he doesn't even register that it's his daughter calling. Like when he picks up the phone. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but I Uh have. Where someone left me a message and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then I was told who it was. And I was like... (laughs) Oh, fuck, I really do know them, but it's been a really long time. I didn't even recognize their voice. Do you think that's what it was with the general? That he didn't realize, like, even what she sounds like now? That's what I... Yeah, because it's been, what, a decade or so? I think he was just in generaling mode, so to speak. And just, like, answered the call, you know, like, speak or whatever it was that he said that was brusque. And it just... And even when he looked at her, I don't think it registered. Now, he could have been seeing, like, his wife who had passed away, and maybe that's why it took him a second. Because I think, if I remember correctly, that part is told from Lena's point of view. So maybe that's why he then had a stutter step. But I think initially, it took his brain a bit to catch on. Because I think she even, she's the first to speak, I think. Yeah, I read it the same way that he didn't realize who 
was calling at first. Like, he just answered the phone without looking or something. Which, I mean, that's fine. He wasn't expecting. But then when he looked at her and then didn't seem to recognize her, maybe I misinterpreted what was written. But that was when I was like, oh, poor Alina. I don't know. To not be recognized. Either way, he recognizes her or he doesn't recognize her. It doesn't matter. He tells her he can't come to her wedding. Yeah, which he hasn't come to the other ones either. That's part of the the series. And then he has the gall to tell her that he's proud of her at this point. It's like, dude, fuck off. Man, I am angry. I'm (laughs) saying the F word a lot. Yes. I don't know if you've said it more than me in this episode, but yes, you've said it more than you normally do. Probably in this episode, but maybe not in general. (laughs) Oh, not in general. No, no. (laughs) I swear way more. I have to say, though, I was super proud of Lena, how she took this, because she hangs up on the jerk. Yep. And then she's dealing with her feelings. She's got hurt. She's got grief. She's got anger. She's got all the feels. But where she lands is if the general couldn't be there, it was his loss. Yep. And I was like, damn right. Yep, yep. So all the sisters are out getting stuff for the wedding, doing last minute things, last minute errands. And this inadvertently breaks their promise to the land because they're all off the land at the moment. Oopsie. When they meet up at the same restaurant and realize this, they (laughs) freak out and all rush home and have like this weird ritual where they promise the stone they will each make their life at the ranch. Yes. Meanwhile, no one can get in touch with the general now. Oops. While the women are all worried about their dad... Ugh. Logan is starting to worry about the drug dealers showing up again. He's waiting for the shit to hit the fan. Because there's a pattern. Yeah, there's a pattern. They've been doing stuff right around this time for each of the previous relationships. It feels like things are going too well. (laughs) He starts patrolling. He finds out the other men are also feeling this way. And they are also patrolling. Lena finds out that they've been worrying and patrolling without her, and she's pissed off that they're taking over, so she takes off her ring, throws it at Logan, and leaves, telling him that she wants him to go away. I mean, let's face it, it's not about Logan. No. (laughs) And then after she's gone for a while, she realizes she overreacted. She wants to let herself trust him, and so she plans to apologize and hope that he'll marry her anyway. She's up in her hidey hole in the barn. She hears a noise and it's Logan coming to find her. And the idiot challenges her to a fight with the swords hanging on the wall. The real swords that are sharp and heavy. And he bets that if he wins, they get married. If she wins, he leaves. And they fight and they both put their all into it. And it's crazy. Like, I just don't get it. Like, no, let's not. Yeah. They're so loud and clingy that they're freaking out the horse, Atlas underneath them (laughs) logan wins the fight and holds her that's they they made up i guess like they had to get out their anger or something i don't know yeah but then they hear someone coming and realize that the twins have come to steal her horse and then burn everything down someone says no one gets out alive (laughs) lena queen of brilliance that she is leaps from the loft (laughs) like spider-man And begins to wrestle with both of the twins. I would have liked it better if she had webbing. I would have liked it better if she had the sword with her. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Logan grabs one of the swords, 
to go help her, but realizes that the twins both have guns. <gasps> Lena manages to let Atlas free, and he runs away because he's a good horsey. That's why she jumped on the twins. She was rescuing her horse. And then, like Spider-Man, she climbs back into the loft. <laughs> Logan is thinking to himself, oh, good. She has some sense after all. She saw they have guns and she's going to hide to protect herself. No, that's not what she's doing. No, she's arming herself. Yeah, she's going to take the musket off the wall and load it. <laughs> Logan is trying to fight with them, but Harley has Logan at gunpoint. Lena manages to shoot Harley and he fucking dies. He's dead now. Bye bye, Harley. Ray then tries to shoot Lena and the bullet grazes her cheek. And so Logan butchers him with the sword. Bye-bye, Ray. And you get the feeling that it was a butchering because he tells Lena not to look. <laughs> and then they look at their driver's licenses and realize that they have Tennessee addresses, which is where the drug dealers are from. Mm. So there's possible ties there. Curiouser and curiouser. Lena and Logan are now reconciled. He proposes again to her. She accepts, puts her ring back on. And now two weeks pass. They still haven't heard from the general. Logan's family has shown up for the wedding. Jed, the overseer that was kind of like a grandfather figure to Lena, has also showed up to the wedding and he walks Lena down the aisle, which I thought was sweet. Yes, which is for the best, I think. Lena and Logan get married and then we get an epilogue from Alice's perspective because, like I said, she's really upset. Her, quote, hunches about her own future are not working. And she's blaming herself for their lack of being able to get a hold of the general because she was the last one to leave the ranch that day. And at that point, because <laughs> it's the reception, the doorbell rings and it's Jack, her pre-selected husband. <laughs> Hi, Jack. And Jack tells Alice that the general has been hurt and is coming home. The end. Woo-woo. How was the audiobook? The audiobook was narrated by Wendy Tremont King. I think overall she she did a good job. There are some narrators who perform the text, and then there are some who narrate, and she fell more in the category of narrating for me, but I still felt like it was good. What is the distinction for you? I guess the distinction would be it feels more like you're eavesdropping <laughs> into the characters' lives versus being told about the characters' lives, but that also could have to do with how it's written as well did she do voices yes they they didn't seem drastically different and maybe that's also because lena seemed or at least her her voice seemed in some ways quite similar to logan okay which is is sort of to me a a check in the performance category because how she talks is not how like alice talked all right yeah i don't know i i don't I can't really put my finger on the difference. Okay. I was just curious. I wasn't sure what exactly that meant. <laughs> I wish I wish I could give you a, a better answer than that. Because I feel That's like it's right. insufficient, but I don't know how to clarify it better. Well, since we're on the, the track of giving unhappy <laughs> or unfulfilling answers. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Are you happy for the couple's happy, Em? No. <laughs> That's two for two, folks! <laughs> I just... Yeah, no. I didn't. 
I know because of the genre, like, even if we get to see glimpses of them in the future, they'll be happy and everything. I just, I, I worry about them. It's been a while since I've worried about a couple and what their future <laughs> might actually look like. But no, I, I think that that's what it is. I'm sort of holding my breath. No, not happy. What about you? Not really. Okay. I think Logan is good for Lena. But I don't think Lena's good for Logan. Yeah, I think he fell in love. I don't think she did. Yeah, I don't feel like she did. It was almost like she resigned herself to her fate. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, she had the chemistry. He was the type of man she thought Scott was. You know, the type of man she wanted to be with and all that. So, yay, I guess. But I know she has that epiphany of, I wasn't lacking, the general was. But it still sort of feels like she's trying to please her dad. Kinda. I mean, he tells her, like, I'm I'm not a stand-in for your father. But he, I mean, they all kind of are. Or at least it seems like it. I mean, Logan is kind of conflicted because he has a completely different perspective of the general than Lena does. Although he understands why she feels the way she feels, he also has some insider knowledge that she doesn't have, which isn't quite fair, to be honest. Yeah. The the extent to which her father is going to set them up with husbands, like creating a whole little project and whatnot. Yeah, misusing uh, federal funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and all of that, which, I mean, the guys all know that, yes, this this is deceit and we... We know, and we've signed up for this because we're trying to salvage our careers and and not have... Yeah, they're being blackmailed. Yeah, exactly. So, no, I, I feel very uncomfortable with their happy ever after. I'm not happy. Although I did believe that Logan ultimately would side with Lena, you know, if he had to pick. At the end of the story... Yes. He was Lena's guy, not the general's guy. Yes. No, I think he proves that he's her guy. I don't think she commits. What do you think? Do you think she commits? It is hard for me to believe that she does truly trust him by the end of the story. And I think that to commit, she would need to trust him fully. And I'm sorry, you can tell yourself that you want to trust someone and that you try to trust them. And you make yourself act like you trust them, but you can't make yourself believe and have that trust. You can't. It's something that just happens or doesn't. And it hasn't happened yet for her. And she's trying to force it. Now, I think he's trustworthy. I think he's worthy of it. I think maybe ultimately. They'll get there. Yeah. But at the point where they're getting married, no. Yeah, I agree. Well, Let's rate them. (laughs) (laughs) How do you rate Lena? I put her as Oxum. There were, or I don't know if that's the right rating. So help me if it isn't. But I mean, there were lots of things I really liked about her. And a lot of times when she, she was saying things and I was agreeing with her, but there were several moments Mm -hmm. where I was like, no, dude, no. Like the crowbar, for example, which I told you before before we recorded like i went back and re-listened to that and i'm like no no the crowbar wasn't in her hand and she reached for it yep she had intent. Yeah, it's very different from the not that this would justify and we've talked about this before like understanding is not the same thing as approval 
I would find it understandable if, especially if she was feeling triggered with all that she has been through, if she smacked him or something. Again, that is not approval. Kind of like at the beginning where she's already holding the wooden spoon. Where it's like, okay, I understand she's feeling cornered, she's feeling scared, she's feeling attacked, all of these things, and she reacts. That does not mean that she's reacting in a healthy way. I think the poor girl needs therapy. All the therapy. Yeah. All the therapy. You know, I mean, (laughs) all the characters possibly could benefit from it, but sometimes there are distinct standouts and she is one of them. Where it's just like, I feel like she needs that therapy before she can get married. Like, she needs to work on herself. She needs to love herself before she can love someone else. Yeah. Because I don't think she does. No, she doesn't. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know if Oxum is the right rating, but I liked her and disliked her kind of equally. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to rate that. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) Did you have an easier time? Oh, and I also feel, sorry, real quick, because I just saw this in my notes. I also feel like she just grew to accepting her chains. Yeah. Which did not make me happy for her. Anyway, what about you and your rating of Lena? I also had a bit of a struggle with it. I ended up rating her awkward. And I think it's because while she has many awesome characteristics, she hasn't really grown into it. And not only that, but I feel like the writing of the character was kind of awkward. Yeah. Well, like I talked about earlier, there's several points where I just really struggled with how she understood who she even is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like what kind of person she is and what does she want for herself? And the only validation she gets is from men. And she hates yeah. that. Ultimately, I just feel really awkward about her, even though there are many, many things about her that are kick-ass. And there are some things about her that are awful, like the abusive tendencies, even though I do agree with your assessment that it's kind of like a cornered animal fighting. I still feel like it's also kind of abusive. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I said, (laughs) understanding is not approval. Absolutely. But I... Like, I kind of worry for yeah. Logan a little bit. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons, like, when you asked me, like, <laughs> about the happy thing, I was like, yeah, honestly, in, like, 10 years, I could totally see him being an abused spouse. And because he's supposed to be a manly man, he'd never say anything. Especially with how some of the conflicts get resolved. And she's not really yeah. held task for those, I don't know if a better way to put it, but inclinations of hers. He doesn't seem to be affected by it. In what I would perceive a healthy way. Well, no, because she's she's a woman, therefore she's not a threat. Yeah, I think that the only time that he did anything that made sense to me was when she went to hit him and he held her hand and told her he didn't want their relationship to be violent. Yeah. I think that that was a rational response Mm -hmm. for him, even though it provoked her panic and anxiety and trauma and whatnot to rear its ugly head. He didn't do that on purpose. No. He was just diffusing the situation and he diffused it well, I think, to the best of his ability, according to the knowledge he had in the moment. Um, But the rest of the time, it's just like, oh, that's just one of her characteristics. She just likes to pick up heavy objects and try to hit me with them. I'm sorry, that's not something you should brush off. And I don't think she should have been allowed to not have any repercussions for that. And he knows she had an abusive ex. But no one, not her sisters, not anybody is going, maybe you need to go see someone about this. (laughs) Maybe, 
maybe a third party that a mental health professional or and no one's worried about her her being so violent either it's very troubling yeah that's why i i mean i know in romance world you know oh 10 years in the future they'll be happy maybe they'll be kids it'll all be fine but it makes me wonder (laughs) because of course he's he's the big strong marine He's not going to find her threatening. He's not going to to think it's wrong or bad or, or whatnot. It's just, it's very troubling. How did you rate Logan? I labeled him Oxum as well. Maybe that's the wrong rating. Yes, he was supportive, which was great. And I know I, I got the sense from the story that, yeah, he did fall in love, which good for him. But for me, it was, it was an awkward thing because like yes he he gets everything he wants right he gets a wife he gets a ranch which he's always wanted he doesn't go to prison yay but he's not (laughs) acknowledging that he's also one of those links in the chain that's around her wrists yeah you know that as much as he doesn't want to be the general's minion he doesn't acknowledge that really to himself to her she's not falling in love with all the information it was just awkward for me what about you I read at him awkward as well. I feel like the author put us in kind of a tough spot as readers Mm -hmm. for him. Because if you didn't have the general's machinations, let's say he was a hired hand, Mm -hmm. and that's how he showed up at the ranch, I would have rated him awesome. But the fact that he's complicit with the web of deceit and control that the general is creating, it makes him awkward. Yeah, and I mean, he's blackmailed into doing that, but yeah, he doesn't open up to her. Yeah, but how can you be a truly good person and be complicit with that? And so while all other points of the story, he really is. He's great. I mean, he's hot. He's funny. He realizes when he's not hitting the mark with her, he changes. He loves her. I believe he loves her. I do, too. He's really sad, too. Like, he gets abused by the general and by his daughter. Yeah. And kind of by his parents, um, which we didn't touch on a whole lot, but his parents really, really, really pressured him into being a priest like his brothers because of their own religious guilt. Yeah. And it created a lot of issues for him where he kind of develops this savior complex, which is the whole reason he's Mm -hmm. in trouble in the first place. But yeah, I, I like him a lot, but I don't, I, I just, I'm not on board with him not taking a definitive stand against the general. While I do believe that he would choose Lena over the general, at no point does he have to. Yeah. I think that would have made him a better character if he had to make a choice and he chose Lena. I agree. That would have made me feel more firmly about him being awesome instead of awkward. What do you think about the antagonists slash villains? Well, I mean, of course there's... Ray and Harvey and Creepy Uncle. Yeah. You were almost effective. I was disappointed. (laughs) I feel like especially where Harvey was like, we had a thing. I was like, at what point did you think that that you guys had a thing? Oh, you poor deluded man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) they weren't, they weren't a threat. They were, they were awkward. Both, I think in the text, it kind of, or story, it kind of came across as awkward. I don't think that helped to make them feel particularly villainous or antagonistic. I think the way more effective one was the general. 
And I just have the note of what an ass. <laughs> it's one of those things like, I don't know if I want everything to be all hunky dory. Because I, I feel so, I don't know. I don't know how he can possibly be redeemed. I, I don't think it will. I think it'll be rug sweeping. Or, you know, I mean, he's what? He's injured and he's going there. Maybe he'll die. And then I'll be like, oh, he's dead. So we have to be nice about him now. <laughs> or something. I don't know. I just don't. He, he can't die because then all the daughters will be forever upset because they left the ranch at the same I time. Just, I, I, I feel like it won't be satisfying. <laughs> I don't feel like he's satisfied. <laughs> so what about you? And the villains. Oh, I guess now that I'm thinking about it again, I think Lena, she's her own villain. <laughs> or antagonist, I should say. Yeah. She, I mean, in a very real sense, and Logan's. she's Logan's. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, your thoughts, I interrupted. Yeah. So Harvey and Ray and the uncle, I rated disappointing, mm -hmm. ineffective and annoying. We had a lot of like allusions to some horrible thing that they were going to do. They had a lot of suspicious activity, but at the end of the day, they solved it really easily. Yeah. And kind of brutally. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't really feel satisfied with that. Yeah. I mean, especially since Ray and Harvey clearly were not much of a threat. No, they were just kind of pawns of the uncle who escaped. Yeah. Well, he will probably rear his <laughs> his head in book five, I guess. Maybe. And then, of course, the dad, the general, he was effective. He was too effective. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> I hate him. And I mean, of course, we have the trope that we discussed before. Bad dad, yes. right? He is so bad. <laughs> yes. So I rate him effective. I agree with you about Lena. I think she was effective too as an antagonist. And I kind of rated the guys, like the brothers-in-law, oh, uh -huh. as quasi-effective because they really kept like Lena's trauma and upset and anger and everything right at the forefront Yeah. by just being bros. <laughs> and it's not like the sisters helped either. No! Basically, everyone in this story could be a villain. Yeah. Which is, I think, I don't think that's ever happened before with one of the stories we've done. <laughs> Maybe in a dark romance. Me? <laughs> well, how did you rate the book? Uh, I gave the book a three. I think one of the reasons that I rated it so high was it, it was interesting food for thought. And different from other romances that we reviewed. It's a lot different. So I think it was just, it was interesting because it was different. But I had problems <laughs> that were kind of insurmountable for me. But it was interesting. What about you? I also rated it three. I read it quickly. It held my interest. I got mad and sad and angry. And I think the author did a good job with a lot of things. I think there were some things that were a little clumsy. But ultimately, I think what prevented it from having that oomph is that I don't really feel like we got a good character arc for Lena. I don't think that she really got to grow and change as much as I would have liked her to. Yeah, no, she really doesn't. Logan grows and changes in that sense. He's more of a main character than she is. Yeah, but he can handle himself like an adult. Yeah. 
and Lena has anger issues. So she did need a babysitter. The general was right. Okay, snarky snark. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Well, did you feel romanced? I mean, I like Logan. (laughs) (laughs) Yay? But, like, not really by the couple. Not really. It feels like a lopsided love. And I don't find it romantic. I find it depressing and worrying. That's fair. What about you? Did you feel romanced? (laughs) I felt argumentative most of the time. (laughs) So, no. I did not feel You didn't even friend zone this one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I found myself making faces and (laughs) talking at the book in my head, arguing with it. No, there were literally a couple times where I put the book down and I'm like, oh my fucking god, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's very hard for me to feel romanced by a book where I'm like, oh yeah, in the future, one of them is going to get abused. <laughs> right. My fear, too, with that is that even if they saw it happening, like other members of the family, they'd just be like, oh, that's Lena. <laughs> yep. I think so. That firebrand. It's like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. That traumatized woman who needs therapy. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah. I mean, we we stopped asking this thing, but yeah, I'm a little bit romantic off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's reasonable in this case. Honestly, if I was to describe this book, if someone asked me to in a fairly succinct way, to the best of my ability... I would describe it as one of those prolonged 1950s kisses. You know, where it's like, she's going, no, no, no. And he just keeps laying on the pressure and she just melts and succumbs. That is what this (laughs) book felt like. That's your favorite type of story, too, I know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Where the woman gives up. (laughs) I'm just like, if you really don't want to be with him, don't. I mean... <laughs> Why is that so hard? And I know because I've I've rated and assessed other books this way, where it was like, well, the characters got what they wanted, yay! Even yeah. if I didn't feel romances, like they achieved their goals, the quest was successful, so to speak. But in this one, I'm just like, well, he he got what he wanted. Lena just I don't know what gave up. <laughs> was it giving up or was it just yeah yeah these chains are cool. <laughs> I like being fenced in. It's fun. Yeah, isn't that kind of giving up? <laughs> yeah, it just... Uh, it, it doesn't make me feel... It's it's one of those romance stories where it's like, wow, I feel sad now. I don't think that was the desired effect. <laughs> Am I oh, the weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> well, I also felt sad, so maybe not this time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things, it's like, I don't think romances are supposed to make me feel depressed, but this one kind of does. <laughs> I mean, not at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're supposed to be like, yay, the couple's together or not. Oof, that was rough. <laughs> Keep all crowbars and rakes and wooden spoons away from Lena. That wouldn't solve the problem, but you know. <laughs> Just put her in a padded room. <laughs> well, they did make her a room in the attic. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> With a lock. Oh. Granted, the lock goes the other way, but you know, 
Things can change. <laughs> For now it does. <laughs> I wish I was making it up. <laughs> this is going to be like a yellow wallpaper situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> what else have you been reading? <laughs> uh, not reading, but watching. So there's a, a TV show on PBS. It's called America Outdoors with Baratunde Thurston. And it's a program that shows how people interact with the outdoors and how the outdoors have changed <laughs> because reasons. Yeah. Climate change and all reasons. that. Like, hey, there was supposed to be fish here and they're kind of burnt fish here and <laughs> that kind of thing. I'm but... laughing because it's sad. <laughs> Here, come sit by me. <laughs> we have very similar personalities. Um, yeah, but, I mean, there's there's those kinds of things. But then, you know, there's also, you know, couples that are planting trees because they know that we're going to need those in the future. <laughs> um, if there is a future. <laughs> sorry. Um, but it, also, Baratune Day interviews like a lot of a lot of different people and, and how they interact with the outdoors. There's a dude who like kayaks in a river in LA. Oh, wow. Which is just like, wait, what? But yeah. Um, I didn't know there was a river in LA. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. And I wouldn't think of it because it's LA. Like, what's a river doing there? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, may not necessarily be a river in the traditional sense, but it's, it's interesting. He goes all across the country, like... East Coast, sort of northern states, like in Idaho, where there's a whole bunch of, like, hiking trails and programs to get kids interested in the outdoors. It's it's fascinating. I really think you should watch it. You'd probably really like it. No, it sounds good. Yeah, it's... There's a dude that, like, lives in an old mining town by himself. It's weird. Baratunde goes running in Death Valley, which is just insane to me i would have said stupid why would you do that but yay <laughs> i mean do what you gotta do i guess yeah i mean the rafting thing looked a little fun maybe maybe but yeah no it's very informative very cool show i know there were six episodes out there may be more at this point but it's it's great i thoroughly enjoyed what about you? What have you been reading or enjoying or whatnot? Been entertained by? So I decided to go ahead and wreck the book that I talked about earlier instead of the one I originally planned. <laughs> I'll have to wreck the original one later. Hey, look, a choice has already been made for the future, so you don't have to think about it. Isn't it great when <laughs> that happens? Yeah, but not that long ago, I finished Death Adder by Naomi Lucas. This is book four in the Naga Brides series. Oh, also a book four. Yeah, I believe I've wrecked at least one other book. You have. In, that, in this series so far. Yeah, yeah. I am freaking loving this series. Like Yay! every book is better than the last <gasps> book because the world building is fucking insane. Oh, I need to go check it out. You seriously do. Oh Are there gosh. audiobooks? I don't know. But Death Adder follows one of the Nagas who is basically like a upper body man guy plus lower body snake and earlier i referred to him as an alien but actually he's a genetic 
experiment, kind of. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, not not technically an alien. But at any rate, well. I don't want to go too much into it because you there's so many spoilers. Like, And you want to read like in order, of course. Oh, but okay. the main character in this one is amazing. She <laughs> is so cool. She is my favorite of the heroines in this series so far. And all the heroines are great. They're all badass and really? strong. But this one in particular, I really appreciated how respected she was in what is still pretty much a male-dominated society that she lives in. And she's making it and she's kicking ass and taking names and everyone respects her and treats her according to her position. And it's just wonderful. And then this snake guy sees her like he wants her but he's also like impressed with her because he's never seen a powerful woman before his race or whatever the women were the females were um not treated well and now they're no longer any oh yeah so he's he feels like this protectiveness over females because of that he actually helped some escape he doesn't know what became of them because they're no longer there. But, <laughs> but um, hopefully they're fine. We'll, we'll just pretend they're fine. Yay. Of course they're fine. Yay, pretend. This isn't a dystopian sci-fi romance at all. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so super good. But you have to start with book one. Well, fair enough. That's it for this time. <laughs> Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads. Don't forget, you can subscribe on Apple, Google, Amazon, or Spotify. <laughs> or you can come find us on Twitter at RomanceBeCast. Speaking of Twitter, were you romanced by Lena and Logan's story? Let us know what you think. No. <laughs> and of course, join us next time when we discuss Easy Magic by Kristen Proby. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, you're so weird and off. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I meant that punchy point <laughs> It's not late at all. I don't know. There's just something when we record on a on a non-usual day, it just throws me off, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for throwing you off. Yay for unusual though. Nice happens. <laughs> True. True story.